Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, darling. It's me, Tess Janos, host of the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. And if I got a Halloween treat for you. This October, I am hosting a horror comic marathon for 31 days. That's right, my frightful fiends. Every single day from October 1st to October 31st, OCD will review a horror comic to count down to the greatest holiday ever conjured. You can follow OCD on Instagram and OCD Podcast, Facebook at facebook.com slash OCD Podcast and Twitter at Ongoing Comic Pod. It's going to be a hauntingly good time, so be there or or just just be there. Ooh. Hello and welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we reach back into your childhood, pluck out a movie, rewatch it, and have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade, and welcome back. You watched it so many times before, and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it, and now you show it to your friends, and they're like, What? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why this film? And I'm joined today by Vicky Gaskin. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And your chosen movie is 1997's Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. The IMDb breakdown. Two dim-witted, inseparable friends hit the road for their 10-year high school reunion and concoct an elaborate lie about their lives in order to impress their classmates. Why this film? It's just brilliant. Like, I think it's just so fun. And it's it's just about friends and you kind of don't have to worry about it. And I like I remember seeing it and I look when I was rewatching, I definitely watched it too young. Like like <laughs> that is for sure. I was talking to one of my sisters and we definitely rented it out of Blockbuster. So I reckon I saw it at 97, 98. So I was about 12 or 13. And I was watching it like, we should not have been watching this film. But um, getting none of the sex references in the film, like <laughs> it's just, it's it's about friends and like learning to love yourself and just, kind of not caring what anyone else thinks and it's just I love it I just love it so much so it was you and your sister and you like was it just like a random pick one night it was I like we were trying it we were trying I was talking so I've got two sisters and we did a lot together we still do um but we yeah we broke it down Lucy we broke it down and we were like we definitely rented it from Blockbuster because we were discussing how our parents should have stopped us <laughs> from renting it. Um, and I think, like, because I'm really tight with my sisters, I think, like, there's always that, like, there's something about, like, the the sort of the solidarity of female friendship that, like, roots itself in sisterhood. So, I, And also, yes. I'm a huge Friends fan. Like, like obsessive. Like, like really predatory Friends fan. <laughs> <laughs> And so I think, like, Lisa Kudrow's in it, and I think, like, 
I can imagine us being like, it's Phoebe and they're wearing white dresses. And that's what led us to the film. That's completely understandable. Yeah, it is a 15 over here in the UK. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's funny because this was the first time I've seen it. And uh, if I, I think if I'd watched it at 12, I wouldn't have had a clue of half the things that were happening. Um, and yeah, I think possibly... <laughs> Such explicit bit, yeah. like sex references. <laughs> like, like when they're going up and down on. on the spin bikes and she's like, yeah, yeah. what is it that I've written it down? Hey, Michelle, what does this remind you of? And I'm like, what <laughs> must I have thought they were doing? Like, Literally, <laughs> like, oh yeah, riding a bike, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what are they like? This is such a funny one. Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion has been in my, um, what's the word, periphery? Does, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So many years. I mean, 97. So it's a very old movie. So every time I went into Woolworths, RIP, and was like looking for like Van Helsing on DVD or whatever, there would always be a copy of Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion everywhere. I knew the poster. I knew what it was. I... I've never seen Friends. I think we need to come <gasps> oh out and see Oh my right god. Now. Oh my god. But I knew that Lisa Kudrow <laughs> was Phoebe in Friends and I recognised her as Lisa Kudrow and so I was always like, huh, like she looks like she's playing a Phoebe-ish, not that I know anything about the intricacies of that character, but I know that Phoebe's the like... I can, I can clarify, is it one. in the Phoebe genre? Mm. <laughs> in the same vicinity. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know what it is. I always looked at it and I was like the hell is that about and I could never it never jumped out to me as anything that was of a particular genre which you know I think is a testament to the movie because it's not it doesn't fall into any particular sort of like it's definitely not a rom-com and it's definitely not a this it's definitely not if anything it's like a road it's like I think it's like a kinder surprise like it looks like one thing but when you crack it open it becomes sort of something else Definitely. And so I was so excited to watch it because for years I think I looked at it sort of snootily where I was like, ugh, two uh, like dumb looking women on the cover in like weird outfits. Uh, Lisa Kudrow doing like a Phoebe vibe. Um, no thank you, I'll pass. And then as I've gotten older, like the more people I've gotten to know, people have been like, this movie is so good. And I'm like, is, is it? And they're like, yeah, no, it's really good. And I'm like, I trust you. I'm So when you suggested it, I was so excited because I was like, oh my God, what is it going to be? What's it... I'm going to crack it open and like... I was so glad you picked it. I was like, please see what's it all about. It's not like anything I've watched before. It's got <laughs> elements of stuff that I've watched before, but like, it's so great. It's so, it's just one of those movies that you have to watch when you're younger because it's got so many important lessons in it and they're yeah. done so well. Um, oh, I'm not going to skip around too much. I think we should try and go through it as best we can, like, a bit by bit because otherwise I would just be like, this bit and this bit and this bit and this bit and this bit. And, this bit, and, this bit, like, it's, and it is, like, it is episodic. I think, like, yeah. there's sort of three very clear, like, chapters. There's, like, mm. them thinking about going to the reunion. There's what I call, like, the Twin Peaks like chapter in the middle where the it's extended like extended dream sequence yeah 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 <laughs> and then the sort of um how it really goes and so yeah it's sort of so is this something you've watched a lot throughout your life do you did you keep coming back to it or did you watch it when you were kids and then you sort of never revisited it i've watched this regularly throughout my life not like loads like every few years so mm-hmm. so it was um you know we we were talking about this it was one of the tables at my wedding um, 
So yeah, we we me and my husband picked our eight favorite films, and the one of them, the crossover was the top table, and then the other seven films each were the tables. So this was one of mine, and in fact, heart like I have a really close like group of girlfriends from secondary school, and half of them sat on the Romeo and Michelle table. <laughs> um, and so like I'd sort of regularly watched it, and then when it came a couple of years ago to like. You know, we were, the, these are films that, you know, were going down in history as like, you know, what everyone would see as like our sort of top film. So I was like, I'll rewatch it again and just, just check that it's like worthy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. fucking is. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So Romeo and Michelle are, I mean, the, the IMDb breakdown called them dim-witted. I wouldn't go as far as to call them dim-witted, but they're just, they're just, living their lives yeah. just a couple of girls that are like in a flat share together in LA just like living their best lives um, best they can and they find out about this reunion and then yeah as you say they sort of I mean who wouldn't like if I got a fucking invitation in, through the post today that was like oh high school reunion I would either do a Heather and be like hey you can fuck off or I would um, do a Romeo and Michelle and be like oh god oh god quick <laughs> what do I take <laughs> get a new job <laughs> do something else um and it really uh resonates with me for that 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 panicked feeling of even though we like to think we're past that i think a lot of us given the opportunity it's not like constantly in my brain but if you were to mm -hmm. suddenly put me in that situation i would be like oh god no I do care about what the people from high school think of me because they were like the first people that like yeah it, like, it distills it doesn't it with. like and it's yeah. like Romeo and Michelle they're loving life and suddenly when they have to sort of it's like they look at it through someone else's lens and it's the same like you you're like yeah I'm kicking it I'm doing great and suddenly you're like oh my god like you know, I have to yeah, shorten this down to, into this is what I've been doing for the last 10 that's years. That's it. You, ha you have to like suddenly present yourself very visibly in a sort of concise and like successful way and be like, well, actually, <laughs> it's not good enough that I've done this and that and this and that because you have to just walk through the door and be seen as like whatever you kind of want to be seen as. And um, in, in our industry, there's that panic of like, oh God, oh, they're going to say, what have you been on that's on telly or like yeah. that kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> even though you've had like a ridiculously successful career and, and done so much brilliant stuff, it's like, oh, so I, I didn't see you on TV. So I guess <laughs> you just haven't been working. And you're like, ah! <laughs> um, but they're great. So we have the little, uh, we, we have the flashback of them in high school, which fucking Meredith Blake just making a living out of what is the actress's name meredith blake is what she plays in the Lindsay lohan parent trap oh Le lisa luder lisa luder actually and, i think uh... they're semi-interesting <laughs> she's great and like she i so i was so i was good. watching the film and was like every like few notes i'm like i hate christy christy masters yes! is horrible she's just awful she's oh she brings up these like genuine feelings inside of you and like the reason why this movie is so good is because I mean every one of these movies has that sort of like stick it to the bully kind of ways but this one does it so uh adultly mm -hmm. and like so like genuinely like you know what why don't you actually go fuck yourself because oh, it's such a great you moment suck. 
Yeah. It's so good. So you sort of establish who the crushes were, who everyone is. You've got about five or six sort of main kids from high school that we're going to then obviously follow in the third act. I want to talk about the dream sequence now to sort of get it out of the way. That was the one bit of the movie. Like the minute it started, I was like, okay, I think we're in a dream sequence. And then the more it carried on, the more obvious it became that it was a dream sequence. And I have to say, that was the one bit that I was a bit like, there, I think there could have been a different way to get these feelings and ideas across without, I don't know, it really like weirded me out for some reason. <laughs> I was like, it's what? it's so strange. I think like it's watching it back strange. as an adult is, it's so much weirder. And obviously I've watched Twin Peaks since I've right. like watched it the, like a few years ago. And like, it's so weird, but like, I really love it. Like it's, I think it's just my sort of my yeah. very much my bag and then like I noticed that like the balloons are in the shape of um like a carrot and a banana which are the magnets that were yeah. stuck to her back and it yeah and it's like the Chrissy room and like yeah I think I, I think it's because it did dupe me for a bit and I was like oh no is this where the movie's going and then I was like oh thank god it, it's gonna be a dream it's gonna be a dream because I was like what have you done to Alan Cummings how could you his beautiful face and his face doesn't move as well it doesn't like, move like a mask it's so horrible and um that really upset me and the yeah. whole Billy Christensen thing I think that's what it was I think it was too realsies I was like how could you like the friendship <laughs> ah, what have you done it's pretty sad yeah. um but it was cool. It was. I got it. I got it. And I liked a lot of the stuff that they did in it. They just no, leave Alan Cummings alone. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it is like a, a taste, that that kind of um, direction. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there's so much of that in this movie. And I really, really respected it for it's just sort of like, and now we're going to do this. And I'm like, fucking go for it. Like, I'm having a great time. I'm gonna, it was skipping all over the place, but I'm gonna bring it up because the second it happened, I was like, is this the single greatest thing captured on film? <laughs> yes, I think it is. So, Romeo and Michelle have fucking fucked the system. They're in their gorgeous clothes that they made themselves. They've strolled back into the reunion and they're like kicking ass and Alan Cumming turns up and he's a multi-millionaire now, of course he is. And he comes towards Michelle and he's like, I've all, like, all I ever need in my life now is you. And she, best line in the movie, she's like, if Romy can dance with it. Yeah. I was like, fuck oh, Yeah. And he takes both of their hands and guides them to the dance floor. And oh. they begin the greatest thing I ever witnessed. Because part of me was like crying with like happiness and like success and just a sort of really cathartic sort of like all of my teenage emotions were there and I was so happy for them and it's just fucking great it's just oh it's like it's the the, the dance is everything like like you sort of get to that moment and like when I watched it just like a few days ago I was like I'm just gonna have to watch it again so I just because I was watching it on dvd because I still do dvds and just nice. sort of like skip back and watched it three times. 
Yeah. And, and the that same totally with the fair. dance that they do in the club at the beginning. I'm like, these, yes. these women and Alan so coming later on, it's just, oh, so perfect. It's just so brilliant. It's so good. And I was really worried that it was going to be another dream sequence. And then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It was real. It happened. And I was like, fucking. And I think the other yes. great thing about the, I mean, we've skipped to the end, um, is that like, the last scene, Sandy's lent the money, but you're never sure whether Michelle got with Sandy or not, and it kind of doesn't matter. And you're like, she yes. could be with him, she might not be with him, but like they're just folding scarves, running their own business, and telling Heather that she shouldn't smoke, and like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's genuinely so good. I'm so happy that happened, because they get into his helicopter after the dance, and he takes them away, and we assume that he sets this shop up for them after it's completely justified, because the fucking fashion editor of Vogue has said that their uh, outfits have worked. Yeah. And um, it's making money and it's a successful business. And she kisses him before they get into the helicopter, which I was okay with, because I was like, hey, we're about to get in your helicopter. It's been really lovely. We have like, a great really erection joke going on. Absolutely. <laughs> like, you can have a kiss, of course. Like, this is really amicable and, like, absolutely. And then, yeah, there's no sort of, like, he comes into the store and gives her a kiss holding a baby there's, there's none of that there's just sort of like because she never liked him in high school and i was really worried that they were going to fall into the trap of like and now everything's perfect because she's got him yeah. he's rich but and, no, and like, also the, just... the moment she turns like because i was i was worried like as i sort of got older you sort of go oh god did i did i just sort of like watch this like a disney movie and sort of like believe it but he's like I've got all this all this what what don't I have and she's like your own country but yeah. she's still like me and he's like you uh. Michelle and it's I think it's like once she like they do the dance is when she sort of like softens to him and it's the right yeah. it's the right point to fall for a guy when he's like I'm a dance and do an amazing dance with you and your best friend and then that's when you're like yes 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 you can stay Absolutely, it's it's so well done. All of the sort of like that's such a good way of put it. That Disneyfication, that Disneyfied ending. A lot of these sort of movies where you go back and like stick it to the high school bully ends with romance. But this movie does it in a way that you are like you believe it. It's not just like a ticking a box, and it's not just like a and now I guess they should kiss because oh my god, otherwise they failed. Mm -hmm. It's like Heather. <sighs> Heather, Heather Mooney is oh, my Janine Garofalo idol. is just oh my god she, brilliant in this film I have never seen her do anything bad I love her so much and I think I saw her name in the credits before I saw her character appear on screen and I was like fucking yes like yeah. even if she's only in this movie for like two minutes that's gonna be the greatest two minutes of this movie and she showed up and I was like look at her with a cigarette and her eyeliner effing and blinded and smoking oh, I love her so much yeah. and she has a really wonderful character arc like she didn't necessarily need one this thing this is Romeo and Michelle's story and yet so many people are going through so much stuff and the realisation of like hey you guys made my life a living hell but I made uh, Toby's life a living hell yeah, she's like I, nev I never got the chance to make someone's life hell yeah. And Toby as a cat, like as a minor oh. character, is just brilliant. Like stealing just, every oh. scene. Heather Mooney, you haven't changed a bit. Like oh. <laughs> I think as well. Like I think that like that was me at like secondary school. Like nice. just like keen, 
this is what we're gonna do um, just want to get involved in everything yeah, yeah, yeah. it's when they're in the limo and she like slides along the top and she's like come you on you guys are counting the vote come on and then like slides out again yeah second. I was like oh yeah this is a dream this is a dream and then she flies out of the sunroof in her bra and you're like yeah I get I'm what's going on here. I get it. You can't fool me. Um, she's wonderful. She And this is the thing. They're all sort of stereotypes, but they're also kind of not. Because, mm. like, they, they're, they're archetypes. But, like, Heather Mooney is just Ginny Gruffalo. And I goddamn love her so much. Yeah. I'm so happy that she gets her happy ending. And it's not even her ending. Her happy yeah. ending is still just off to her business meeting wearing a cute dress designed for her by Romeo Michelle. And and and, and, like, and like yeah. no one's ever told her that she shouldn't be smoking and then like Romeo's yeah. like has anyone ever told you this and and like oh yeah I love all of that. <laughs> Justin Theroux's like cameo. Yeah. <laughs> when he appears under the steps and right at the end. <laughs> so funny. And like I get it as well. I really got her like uh defensiveness because this this sort of guy in a cowboy hat has been like flicking cigarette ends at her the whole time that they were at high school every time she asked for a light because they were the two that would go out and smoke and um she's so she's successful she's a successful inventor businesswoman she rides a draggy draguar it's like a dragon (laughs) and a jaguar i mean that would be awesome That's what I was doing. I was like, right. She drives a Jaguar because she invented like a fast burning cigarette paper. And, you know, it's so funny. Romy and Michelle were under the impression that if they had just invented post-it notes, that would be enough and that would be success. And she has done something like that, basically. And she is rich and winning at life in theory, but she's still unhappy and like sour and like sad and angry. Um... And I do think in that final scene, she is... And I, they comment on it. They're like, yeah. you know, as, as spiky as she is, I think she's happy and like, yeah, I've just I've now. just given birth to my own baby girl who <laughs> smokes and says shit a lot. It's like, oh. yeah. I think, and like, like every, so... everyone knows their place in that film so well. Like, mm-hmm. everyone just gets exactly, like exactly what they're there to do and like i hate christy but i don't know the actress but she does it so like she knows she's there to be a fucking bitch and she just like doesn't hold back (laughs) julia campbell yeah she's yeah you may know from a bunch of other stuff she yeah every choice she makes of like because it's so easy to play that sort of like (laughs) i'm the bully but she's like the worst kind of bully as well because she's not even like hot cheerleader she's like more like a like an ashley from recess where it's like fashionista but not even that like southern belle Mm. like you know she's got a confederate flag at home and like like she's not a bully because she's got shit going on you're like she's just bored she's just nasty yeah and yeah that real sort of like i mean i did love uh in the initial dream where they all had matching daiquiris for their outfits (laughs) (laughs) it was so good and like you could tell it was a dream because of the fashion conscious uh, color brain of like michelle um so good and i love that one of the bullies is now the fashion editor of vogue i was like that's so great because initially when it happens you're really following romy's story and you're like god like 
someone else is legitimately successful and I'm lying about post-it notes and this is a real bummer because she bullied me back in high school. So it's really annoying that she's successful. And then she fucking saves uh, the day. She steps out of nowhere in like yeah. this killer like suit that of course the editor of Vogue wears and is like, and, and that like uh, like velvety lipstick that you're like, yeah. no one in real life could ever pull that off. You look amazing. Right. And she's like, actually, I'd call them not too bad or whatever. Like just... So and just good. walks she's off. Like, oh. And then she's like, "Well, I still think they're hideous, don't we, girls? Why don't you let them think for themselves, ones, <laughs> Christy?" <laughs> Boom! And she doesn't even like. I was expecting her to sort of go and reconcile with Romeo and Michelle, but she just like, like basically winks at them and like strides off. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "Fuck yeah! yeah. <laughs> like, that's so good." And this is what's so nice. We're following Romeo and Michelle, but we're also seeing how other people go and like you know everyone's stories without even hearing most of it like billy christensen who can go fuck himself oh um, absolutely what was the it's like, the only way he's gonna ever you know get anything, <laughs> get isn't anything. It? oh my god he's so awful so he's christy's boyfriend and he later marries her um and they have three kids and obviously like he's an alcoholic and he's a he's got a terrible marriage and he's unhappy and you know you don't feel good about that but it's that classic sort of like what I didn't like is that often the 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 bully girl will have a boyfriend who's just like oh come on don't be so mean they're not that bad he's just as evil as yeah. her and they deserve each other he's it's what he's like goes up to him and, and Michelle's like do you, were you guys like totally in love with me in high school and you're like oh like no mm. you just I think like Michelle like she tree. actually quivers in that moment doesn't she like yeah, leans away from like, him. Ugh. He, like, yeah. touches her arm, and she's like, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, thank you. Okay. Um, loved that little payback where at the original prom, she, he says that he'll dance with Romy, and then they leave, and Romy's just left on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but not left, because time after time starts playing. And Michelle's like, I'll dance with you. I cried. Oh, I, 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 yeah. I feel that. that that's feel where that it really hard. starts, doesn't it? The emotions come yeah. up and you're like, oh my God. Oh. And then later on, this is as well, while I was like, this has to be a dream because if I was directing this movie, I would have started playing time after time again. Um, it's like a, a obligatory. Yeah, surely. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I was like, ah. And then it comes, and then it did finally. start playing and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Majestic. Oh. Um, yeah. So good. But so, uh, yeah, Billy Christensen can actually go fuck himself. Um, yeah. Alan Cumming is so cute. I love him so yeah. much. He needs yeah. to be in more things right now. And yeah, and he's, he's like, he but doesn't more. push it. He does not, like, he doesn't push the part too early and just sort of, he's, yeah, he's like sprinkled like the hundreds and thousands, isn't he? And yeah. just like every time he comes, it's like boom and... Oh. It's so perfect. And him arriving in the helicopter with their da 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 like boom oh. Yeah, it's so satisfying as well because you know that he was like bullied by everyone and like just so humble about it. I know mm-hmm. he has that whole line where he's like, "Well, it depends how you define success," and he lifts up all of these millions <laughs> of things that he has. And I was expecting him to then be like, "But if you just define it by 
being because I thought there was going to be a whole thing about the fact that they'd stayed friends through high school and how like important and that's a form of success in other people's eyes but they didn't really touch on it but but it was kind of implied where people were like oh hey Romy where's Michelle oh hey Michelle where's Romy like you guys are inseparable and that's yeah that's who you guys are like you're just the best of friends and like that's really lovely um I love how fucking weird they are yeah. I think there are not enough like weird female protagonists and, and everyone's weird in this movie and it's great and Romeo and Michelle are the queens of it because it's just so oh, what, refreshing to see female lead characters allowed to just be like fun mm. on screen and so like when she's in the club chatting to this guy and he's like oh yeah I, uh, I sell Armani suits and she goes oh I cut my foot earlier and my shoe is filling up with blood I have to go <laughs> it's like, yes. and it's the joke on top of the joke where she's like I really like your suit is it an Armani and she's like he's he's ripped he's a suit salesman <laughs> oh the build <laughs> oh man it's so good and like as you say the dance that they did in the club at the beginning um they just whack it out out of nowhere and i was like i fucking love this so much yeah and yeah they're just they're, as characters they're so great and they're individual as well i think what i used to mistake when i looked at the poster was that they were like kind of samey but they're completely different mm. and um are you a romy so or are you fun. a michelle do you think Oh, that's such a good question. I think I'm a Janine Gruffalo. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Fair, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but oh, if I had to choose, probably a Romy, because I would be like, we've got to like do this properly. And then I would be like, I completely give up. This was the worst idea ever. <laughs> like, that would be me. <laughs> what about you? I'm a Michelle. But I, <laughs> I think that's as a result of watching this film so much. Like, I, I look back and I'm like, I think the way I am is because, like, I had Michelle there in the back of my head, like, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Like, yeah! And I think so I've, cool. I've always been, like, on the borders of sort of weird but not too weird. And I think, mm. I think yeah, she's always been there, like, it's okay, just have fun and you'll be okay. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's so wonderful. When they finally come to it and they're just like, look, we're going to have fun at this reunion. We've come all this fucking way. What is even the point in moping now? And I think that's why I'm a Romy, because I would be like, there's no point, I'm just going to go sulk now. And it would take someone else to be like, look, we just need to go and have the fucking best time ever. And 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 then she properly, like, goes in at Christy, like, instantly. She's like, I'm going to have fun. And I'm going to go and do this. And I think there's a moment even when Michelle's like, are you sure you want to do this? And she's like, absolutely. And yes. just, oh my, it's like it's the mic drop so of mic good. drops, isn't it? You're, oh. uh, what is it? Uh, you're, a, you're a bad person with an ugly heart. Yes! Oh, it's so good. You're just like, fuck you, Christy. Oh man, it's so, it's so satisfying. And then it just escalates and gets better and better and mm-hmm. better. And then Alan Carmen comes and then they dance and it's just like, oh, fucking yes. Oh. <laughs> It's so good, man. I'm really, really glad um, that I finally watched it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was like, oh my God, she hasn't seen it. What if you hate it? And then we've got to talk about it. (laughs) From these like two different opinions. Weird. It is weird. And I think there are parts of it. Like, as I say, the extended dream sequence. Once they're like, when it was like 70 years in the future, I was like, I 
I get it. Like, <laughs> I get what we're doing here. I don't need to see them in like old people prosthetics. Like I'm aware of what's around. Because <laughs> yeah. like nothing particularly like funny or interesting happened in that like little old person segment other than oh wait no yes it did when she's like trying to bring up the middle finger and she's so old she's like Aah! you can hear her like boop, boop, going yeah. like <laughs> and um, that does not look yeah. like Mira Savino anymore when she's old I think Lisa no, Kudrow looks not. like her but I look yeah, at her like she properly yeah she's weird weird in those prosthetics yeah um but yeah but like everything else it was just so much fun and like you're so right that feeling of just like I'm happy I'm cool with it and then the minute you have to compare it to all the people that you met when you were at your like worst time because you were like going through puberty and Mm -hmm. everything sucked and now you have to like bring your life up in front of them and be judged by it even though like they suck and their lives suck and like Oh man, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Like, even the, like, immaturity of, like, her dress being, like, lifted up when the helicopter goes up, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> I was there, like, thank you, Chrissy. you right. Such a oh. bitch. And, like, Christy's well, there's that moment where, uh, Michelle's like, oh my God, three kids, you must feel so tied down. And she's like, yeah. no, I feel no. very fulfilled. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, she is not happy. She is not happy. Well, at least we didn't get fat. We're pregnant, you halfwit. Well, I hope your babies look like monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Man. It's such a journey. Like, so much happens, like, emotionally. And, like, it's a really bizarre little movie. I mean, who directed it? David Merkin. I've never heard of him. I mean, um, but it's brilliant that his surname is Merkin. Because I, I looked him <laughs> up for this and was like, I don't know him, but his surname's no. Merkin. <laughs> oh, nice. And it's based on a, a a play, I think. Or at least um, the the writer of it is Robin Schiff, who is a woman. Uh, you can tell. You can tell that this was written by a woman. Yeah. Um, which is another reason why I think it's so good. Like, I've... I've slowly been introduced to all of these older movies that had like female creative teams and female characters that were telling these stories that I craved so much, but I, they were always so lost behind all of these like, oh, let's follow the teenage boy and his angst and let's hope he gets over it and let's give him a prize that's a woman growing up. And now slowly I'm being introduced like, like I fucking wish I had this as a teenager. I think I it would have been really like useful Mm. I I think (laughs) that's why it's stuck with me over the years like at no point in my life have I not like been like really pleased to come back to Romeo and Michelle like yeah you know they're just sort of mascots great little gem like it's it's a really really strange little movie like I can't I can't really describe it because it's when someone, uh, when I read the plot as well a few months ago, when someone was like, "This movie is so great," they go back to their high school reunion and they pretend that they invented post-its. I was even then, I was like, "Huh, I wonder what that's about," because that's not what the movie's about. That's no. like what's going to happen. So I wonder what it's going to be like about. And 
you're right, it's so much deeper than it's poster leads to believe, but it's poster is so perfect for it. And I wouldn't know how you'd market this movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think, I mean, I don't know how well it did at the box office. Um, I feel like it wasn't like a smash and probably for that reason. And I watched a um, an interview, I think it was a couple of years ago, like when all of the Me Too stuff was happening and Mira Savino was, was talking about sort of all sorts of stuff and, and how, mm. you know, her career had essentially been ruined by Harvey Weinstein. And she was saying um, that it was marketed at, like, women in their 30s. And, she, and there was a lot of discussion about the amount of swearing because she was like, this, this movie is, like, it, it's for, for the... the, the girls at high school as much as it is for the women going back and it turns out we were 12 and 13 renting it from blockbuster (laughs) anyway so but but i think that it 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 doesn't belong it doesn't belong in either of those camps and i think that's why it's like aged well because my age then is now i mean i'm definitely way over 10 years out of secondary school but like (laughs) you can sort of you come back to it don't you give it like a second line you'll get something else out of it. So when you're a kid, you're like, oh my God, believe in yourself and do, don't care what anybody thinks. And then when you're an adult, you can get the like, not that that's what it's all about, but you then get the sex references and you think that, it's so true, like when they were swearing, it wasn't jarring at all. But I I was sitting there being like, I think that's why I thought it felt strange because it has everything about being aimed at 12 year olds. Mm. But then it's like, his three sex jokes in a row, and I'm gonna say fuck like a lot. <laughs> and you don't get that in like the movies aimed at 12 year olds. So I was like, I'm really enjoying this, and but I'm really noticing that they're like swearing a lot, but they're also trying to tell me to be myself, and that that's okay. So you're right, it's it's completely perfect for all age groups, and I think that they swear and have lots of sex jokes is fine, and I wouldn't change anything, no. and I would just send it out to 12 year olds, fuck me. Like if a 12 year old can fucking watch Heath Ledger slam someone's face into a pencil, <laughs> yeah. then they can fucking watch Romy. Yeah. If you've got a 12 year old with... <laughs> who says fuck a lot, but believes in themselves on balance, you know, yeah. like. You've done a good job as exactly, a parent. Yeah. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah, so it's a really interesting one. Um, in, yeah, in its sort of tone, I guess. Which, again, is, I think, why I would always look at it on the shelf and be like, what the fuck is that? Mm. And I think it was made in a time... Like, we have a bit more of, like, this sort of subversive films that sort of straddle genres and stuff now. But, like, in the mid-90s, that wasn't, like, a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. In the 90s, like... I mean, movies were weird in the 90s, like they were. But um, if you think of the sort of uh, teen movies that were coming out in the yeah. 90s... I and mean, I, like, if got... I if I remember correctly, like, not another teen movie, I think, must have come out late 90s, early noughties. So it was even before... I might be wrong. I don't know when not another teen movie came out. But, like, it's sort 2001. of... 2001. Yeah, like, so before right people started edge, looking yeah. back and making fun of um, teen movies sort of on a, yeah, a big scale. Yeah, on, like, a... Yeah, like... Yeah, definitely. I know what you're saying. Because um, as well, we've had the the whole of the 80s with everything that John Hughes ever did. So we have this idea of what a teen movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, because Romy and Michelle are like... That, honestly, the, um, 
so before they go back to the reunion they're trying to get uh, really good jobs and they're trying to get dates as well and she goes to this place to try and sign up for like I don't know speed dating or something and she skips to the queue oh it's, like, it's, it's singled out emergency. Single it's like an, it was a, a massive like MTV dating show like oh, in the early 90s. This is the thing, yeah. I didn't get it. There was a couple of things that I didn't get because of the 90s. And um, she goes to the front of the queue and she's like, this is a dating emergency. And the woman there goes, um, sorry, we try and keep it 25 and under. And it was at that moment that I was like, A, fuck you. Uh, B, like, yes, before Fleabag, we had Romeo and Michelle. Like, the 25 to 35-year-old woman is never represented on screen. Never. We don't exist. There's no (laughs) casting calls for us. Nope. There's no roles for us unless we make them ourselves. We don't exist. And so for Romeo and Michelle to live in that sort of, like, 25 to 30 bracket I'm like fucking yes also yes. like suddenly you're like 25 is so young like yeah what why the is the cut of 25 <laughs> so great like what have you done at 25 it's not like the yeah. 50s where the teenager was only just becoming a new phenomenon like mm-hmm. oh <laughs> you only graduated university like two years ago <laughs> like Jesus Christ start but uh, I have a chip on my shoulder about that, if you can't tell. <laughs> I think it is the right chip to have on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It's yeah. like it, that sort of, yeah, like a a woman who is, yeah, approaching 30 or just I'm the other side of 30. Like, I find a lot, like, in my sort of demographic, and I think this is where Killing Eve comes into it, that sort of 30-year-old woman who's sort of established in her life and doesn't have kids you know but is Mm. sort of yeah that sort of in between where you're like this is where we're all living (laughs) there's so much here to be writing about and doing absolutely this is the thing we're so cool and interesting yeah (laughs) and like smashing it and yeah (laughs) and having a great time and just like got so many cool stories and we've been so many places Mm -hmm. and done so much stuff stuff and they're just like no we want you either like widowed or like younger yeah like what the fuck i mean ugh, not even gonna go into that in terms of like how society is like "Mm, get yourself a younger model like (laughs) why what is a 45 year old gonna have in common with a 21 year old you're gonna talk about like the wireless (laughs) that was rude (laughs) Do you know what I mean, though? It's like, what the fuck are you going to talk to a 21-year-old about? Like, she doesn't remember the 70s. Like, nope. <laughs> ugh. Hate it. Hate it so much. Um, but yeah, man, this movie, does. I mean, does it have a cult following that you're aware of? I think, like, I think it must, right? It, yeah, like, it, it feels like that kind of film that will have, not in the way that, like, The Princess Bride does, which is, like, the top-tier sort of cult movie, um, I think this is the kind of movie that is like I think because it is so inherently female, it's not got the like empire reading cult following of a lot of other films. But everyone that I've said like I you know I'm rewatching Romeo and Michelle and this like every sort of woman that I say, particularly sort of around my age, is like oh my god I really need to rewatch that film. It's that kind of. So yes. I'm like, I guess like an undercurrent of a cult following. Yeah. But... 
Well, it, yeah, it sticks to people. It is a cult following. It just so happens that the pen holders are all men and they don't take these films seriously because they don't understand them. Um, like, for better or for worse, and not to, like, dick on male reviewers, but, like, fundamentally, it's like, we all sat down to watch Birds of Prey the other day, and me and my mum and my sister really fucking loved it. We thought it was great. My dad didn't like it. Now, that could be for a number of reasons, but it's possibly because it was him having to be confronted with an experience that he didn't understand because he's never done it before. All of our mm. lives, we're confronted with these movies, with these experiences, with male leads, and we don't know what they're going on about, but we do because we've been exposed to it all of our lives as the norm. For sure. So we know exactly what men are going through all of the time, all the different varieties of men. What are women going through ever? Because you only get one, and she has to cover the whole gender. And then you get movies like this, and you get movies like Now and Then, and you get movies like Birds of Prey, where finally they're showing you the female experience, and it's critically panned because all of the male writers are like, I didn't get it. And I thought mm -hmm. it was dumb. It's, it's like, oh. Ghostbusters remake all over again. Like, I loved the Ghostbusters remake so much. Fucking and such it a got good really, movie. it got, it got like such a bad reception. And you're like, come on, you've got these like four, like really talented comedy performers in the middle of it. Oh, it's never going to be the original. Like, let's just, let's just get past that because. It's never going to be the original Ghostbusters, but it was absolutely amazing. And, like, you, you can't really say that you didn't enjoy it without being like, but the but Ghostbusters the are girls. <laughs> this is the thing. It's not fair. Like, I'm sure there were these conversations, but it's never detracted from the success of it, where the Batman Begins and the Dark Knight came out, and, like, people were probably like... Uh, he'll never be as good as Jack Nicholson or he'll never be as good as Mark Hamill and then like he was so then everyone was like oh okay I guess we can love both like oh no you couldn't possibly <laughs> compare them so where's that logic when it comes to Ghostbusters then mm -hmm. surely we can't possibly compare them but now you're telling me that we can and it sucks and then of course they turn around and they're like oh I get it I get it I didn't like Ghostbusters 2016 so I guess I'm a sexist yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saying it as a joke doesn't make it not true. <laughs> Literally, because, like, what reason did you not have to like it? Because there's so... There is too many of you. There is a suspicious amount of you that didn't enjoy it when it is legitimately a good film. Um, for me to not be, like... Because they had vaginas. Was it because they had vaginas? Was that the reason? And, like, maybe it wasn't. Maybe people genuinely didn't uh, enjoy the movie. But, like... They always feel the need to really justify it when they didn't like Ghostbusters 2016 yeah. and they're talking to me. They're always like, but because of like, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh no, do the one. Mm, yeah, okay. Mm, sure. That was the best punctuation <laughs> with a sip of water. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And this is such a wonderful uh, female yeah. experience. With, without maybe. being like, like they're girly characters. But it's not like girly female driven. It's like yeah. it's sisterhood, I guess. And I think like I just anything that has sisterhood in just like grabs my heart, pulls it out, and like I can't watch watch my sister's keeper anymore. It like oh, it's just, that is like overload yeah, no, of sisterhood. <laughs> but just it's, just it's just it's just great. And I think like it's emotional. Yeah, and it's sort of. Even if it's not your actual sister, like I'm really lucky that I have, um, I mean, I have amazing female and male friends, but like some of the like queens around me, like you watch a film like this and I'm like, 
I'm into double digits of the amount of women that I love. And I can't handle it and I need to text them all because we're in lockdown. And I can't hug any of them because I, I live with a boy. And like, <laughs> you know, oh, it's just, yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true. It is a sisterhood. It's like, um, like I recently watched Practical Magic and like that. I need like, to rewatch Practical Magic. All of these, so many of these like little 90s gems mm. that were just like, hey, women. And they got lost under the noise of like Wayne's World and yeah. stuff. I tell you and, what um, I've been watching over the weekend, which is a 90s female phenomenon, Sister Act. I was like, oh my God, I just did like, sort of came, yes! came back with the, a, a flash and was like, yeah, this, this is another example of like a very different type of sisterhood, but like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> but still yeah. valid. There were so many, and yet they've all—they feel so lost to me, and I don't know why. They're just not talked about in the same way. Um, you're absolutely right. Bringing up Empire as the sort of like uh, line of uh, goodness. Yeah, like no sense? disrespect to Empire. No, like I, I love I'd it. love a read of an Empire, but there is a demographic that comes with Empire. I think and. I, I am not that, that demographic. It. No, <laughs> it's true. It's like whenever I would be like, oh, let's have a look at the top 100 movies ever made. And they're like, Alien, Terminator 2, Ghostbusters, um, blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, oh, really? <laughs> I mean, they are great films, but there are also other great films. Like This is the thing. It's that sort of like... I mean, I, I do movie quizzes and one time I do a lot of like females in film round, shut up, learn. And um, one of them was like, uh, as of July 2019, Empire Magazine released their top 100 greatest film characters of all time. Only 10 out of these 100 were women. And only two of these women never hold a weapon. Because that's another thing. Like, oh, who were the Ellen, two characters? Ellen, do you remember? never hold a weapon are Edna Mode from The Incredibles, and huh. Amelie from Amelie. Wow. Everyone else holds a weapon. Now, whether that's Wednesday Adams holding a crossbow compared to uh, Amy Dunn from Gone Girl, like, killing everyone with knives and shit. Spoilers for Gone Girl. Um, <laughs> and and then you've got your obviouses, like your Sarah Connors and your Ellen Ripley's and that kind of thing. And, like, you know Ellen Ripley is in your top three all the time and she's a brilliant character don't get me wrong but she was written as a man and then cast as yeah. Sigourney Weaver and, and she's she's not takes. the only trope out there for for females yeah. is she this is the thing this is what annoys me it's like they seem to only like the female characters when they exhibit masculine traits like fucking Elle Woods isn't on there and Elle Woods is one of the greatest characters of all time for like, sure <laughs> Sure. Where is she? She's an icon. <laughs> She's a no. great character. Yeah. I think though, like I think more and more when I'm like watching cinema now and I think like, well, what am I looking for in a film? Actually, if I distill it down, what I'm looking for is something refreshing. And I think like yeah. um, that's why Parasite was the success that it was. Like it just, yeah. it was like, like a wave of like refreshing, like we like certainly in this country like we haven't mm -hmm. seen this film before and there's like real relish I think in like seeing a new story not just a story told in a different way and just yeah. like 
it's sort of it feels like you can breathe right when you're watching a film yeah. that you're like oh my god like um oh is it hustle or hustlers the j-lo film about pole dancers oh um, yeah 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 i know what you mean I, I came out of that film and like i was like it just like i've not seen that film i've seen those those characters presumably yeah. from a much more like male point of view but like it was the first time i'd seen that story about those, those mm-hmm. people and this just so exciting to see new stories yeah definitely and I think that's why this stands the test of time because it is like it's certainly then like you know at at 12 13 years old I wasn't going this is a really refreshing story (laughs) this is a really great tale uh, that I've never seen before but 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 deep down there must have been something that just attracted and you know me and my sisters like have quoted this film for like how, how many years has it been since 97? Like, <laughs> nearly half our lives. Like, I mean, it's so quotable. Like, it's so quotable. Oh, so quotable. And, but, and like, but the, I think the it's accents like, that they it, do are so fun. Mm, <laughs> yeah. But I think it's that, like, even then, like, watching a film and being like, they're so cool and they're allowed to do this and they... <laughs> don't yeah. give a shit the, and it like literally. they're okay like they end up okay you know what was really nice i didn't really acknowledge it i sort of did at the time they are constantly eating junk they are surrounded by like sweets and crisps and just crap and they're just eating constantly and i was like fucking yes like i don't know if this movie is trying to be like women eat what you want and don't mm. give a shit because there I is mean, a storyline where they're trying to lose weight and stuff but usually women eat chocolate in movies when they're sad yeah but there, I think there is there's like a couple of squeaky moments in the film where you're like oh that still doesn't quite sit right one of which is like the sort of you were fat and I wore a back brace but we were still cute and you're like oh, like maybe like I don't want to yeah. unpick this film because I love it but you're like there's that and the the diversity issue where all of the speaking characters that aren't white work in the garage stereotypes (laughs) but but i do agree that like seeing them eating doritos and what have you is just because not because they were sad or they were going through something or they were and they're just getting burgers and fries when they want the businesswoman special yeah all the time getting but like i'm so happy it's hamburger day like and i don't know if they were trying to pointedly be like look these women are weird because they're not on some diet even though there are some lines where they're like oh i got like a really bad flu and that was the best diet i ever had because i lost so much Uh, weight yeah yeah i mean there is very much a couple of 1997 bits where you're like oh this is 1997 yeah oh they didn't care about that and like in the modern day but usually i'm such a little stickler for those things where i'm like "Mm." but this movie the overall of it i was just so like enamored by these characters you can kind of let the let the shackles fall away a bit can't you and go yeah i was a bit like i don't I haven't noticed that all the ca- main characters are white yet because I don't know. Maybe it's it's fighting on so many other fronts, I think. You know, yeah. It's like people who say they're, you know, that Hamilton isn't female driven enough, and you're like, Hamilton is fighting <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole load of barrack, bar- you know, nothing can do everything. <laughs> it's just got to all be pushing in the right direction. 
And I think yeah. this film pushes enough in the right directions that you're like, someone else can take that side of things and eventually we'll get there. Yeah. But one film can't do it all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got some really good stuff. Great Halloween costumes. Like the little dresses that they come out with are genuinely so cute. I love that they both dressed as like Madonna for their prom. <laughs> so when everyone else was dressing like they were at their like debutante yeah. coming out in the South, now I'm a woman. What is that? Like, yeah, yeah like weird thing. <laughs> and in and in the 90s like there can't have been many people watching who are like oh Romeo and Michelle's outfits are terrible like you know everyone's yeah. like yes Madonna love it more plastic more like heel yeah for sure so good but yeah anything else you want to say I mean we have to talk about the soundtrack to the film oh my god it's so because, good oh just I've been listening to it on Spotify. Like, this, like you can run to it. You can dance to it. You can just have it on while you're working and feel amazing. Like, it's so... Honestly, the, the credits rolled and I was like, God, every song in that movie was an absolute banger. From, like, them trying to sing along to Footloose, which <laughs> was so funny. Because no one knows those lyrics. <laughs> time after time being used so well opening um, on a no doubt classic yeah. oh. oh it's so good it's such a good use of music yeah it's so good oh, i'd forgotten about them not singing footloose and now i'm re-experiencing <laughs> it <laughs> it's such a little gem of a movie like i really want to go and get people to like go and watch it and i want to re-watch it and like it's it's gonna I can feel it it's gonna be a comfort movie it's gonna be one of those movies on like a Sunday afternoon when it's like raining yeah and you're just you just need something light and frothy but it has enough depth to it that it's like you like can watch it on a hangover snack. and it's all gonna yeah. be okay like yeah yeah you don't have to be like okay now I'm gonna go watch this movie like something like 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 Parasite it is wonderful but you do need to be like now in that space absolutely um, whereas this, you can stick it on and you can enjoy it on so many different levels. You can enjoy it as a 12-year-old, you can enjoy it as a 32-year-old. <laughs> like, it's for everyone. And I like, agree. I would be interested to see what men think of it. I would genuinely be interested to see if there are reviews online from men that watched it and what they experienced and what they got from it. Because I guess who would they... Uh, align themselves with who would they sort of see themselves as I guess you've only really got two characters that you can be like aha that's the one I relate to which is Billy Christensen who's a duke and uh, Alan Cumming who's a dreamboat unless it's you know like like women have been doing with men where like you know there's a there's enough uh, cross gender humanity in Romeo and Michelle to be like I I felt that way in high school or um I you know, I, so. I, 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 really I want to do this, but I feel the pressure to have succeeded here and there, and yeah, I would, yeah. I would hope that you know, I hope people, so. people could, yeah, cross, Not cross the genders, yeah. We'll see. I'll ask. I'll ask all the all the men I know what they what they think. Yeah, when I bully them into definitely watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, anything else you want to say? I think I think 
I think that's. I think yeah. yeah. I think I've got through all of my. Oh, when <laughs> Heather's like, with your hair and your legs and your your, your long legs, walking on your legs, and flipping <laughs> your hair. <laughs> so, so I mean, literally, like you. Could, I think you could put Heather's lines together in a monologue and just have this like concentrated gold what is oh I've written this down because I was like I must remember this when uh Romy's like weren't you in love with Sandy no didn't you have a thing for Sandy she's like I did not have a thing I did not have a thing I did not have a thing I was very much in love with him and there's a difference there's a difference there's a difference I have to go there are so many ways of saying this character is in love with this other character but I've never seen that as the like proof that yeah, she was. Yeah. She definitely did have a thing. <laughs> and she like keeps looking to the woman behind yeah. her in the queue. I did not have a thing. <laughs> I was in love with him. And then he walks back in at the reunion and she's like, that's Sandy? What was I thinking? <laughs> I was like, yes! That's also such a vibe yeah. when you're like, oh my God, this from like my childhood <laughs> and you see them as an adult and you're like what's wrong with me 100 percent. i had that two years ago i went to see jason donovan's one man show in edinburgh <laughs> and it was exactly that sandy frink moment where i was because jason donovan was my first was love. he uh, did you have a thing oh i did not have a thing <laughs> we were very much in love there's a difference um and and you're sort of like Huh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking at him like, hmm, I see. Hmm. I see. Well, we've all learned a lot today. <laughs> Jason Donovan. I can imagine, because there's sort of Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dream Coat, Jason Donovan from like the 90s. And then there's how I imagine Jason, like Jason Donovan at the Palladium as the Pharaoh in Joseph and his Amazing Technical Dream Coat in 2019. Two very different beasts. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So I, I, yeah, nineties Jason didn't have anything to prove, and I think twenty twenty Jason has too much Perhaps. to prove. <laughs> Bless him! What a joke. Yeah. He, um, yeah, yeah, he served his purpose. Thank you, thank you so much. No, thank for you for having on. me. It's been a this was dream, a joy. Um, who are you? You like you do? You were literally. You were brought to me via somebody else on, like, they were like, okay, so I have this friend, and they do this, and they do that, and they do this as well, and they also <laughs> do that. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> who is this, like, incredible, <laughs> hardworking, successful, feisty being? And then I did a yeah. Google, and I was like, shh, she has to be my friend now. <laughs> <laughs> lots of fingers in lots of pies. <laughs> yeah. It has so, not like, been a quiet pies. lockdown. <laughs> Good. Um, so yeah, the the main thing at the moment is that I get to do theatre. Ah! So yeah, I run open book and open bar theatre uh, with one of one of my Romeo and Michelle's Nikki, um, and we have the Tempest going out to Fuller, Fuller's pubs uh, from the first of September throughout September, which is just like we're so lucky that um, because we do outdoor theatre, we can. Um, we can go out there. So I spent the yeah. morning as Caliban swinging around our aerial rig, which was nice. <laughs> it's been a really nice day. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's sort of the the main project on the go. Um, but I also am part of Gaskin and Healy, which is a comedy double act. So 
we've I've spent a lot of lockdown sort of filming um, filming sketches my end and Jen another one of my Romeo Michelle's um, she sort of filmed in her house and we've sort of green screen stuff together um, so cool. and for fans of Romeo and Michelle I would recommend Bad Blood as a uh, <laughs> truly female <laughs> sketch uh, but I also am in um, so Grace who was on uh, a few weeks ago I'm part of the No Small Roles team with her so Yay. episode 5 has just come out so you can catch up I play Juna Septhorn who's an elderly lady, an elderly gnome. So yeah, lots yeah, lots of fingers in pies. But I think I've realised on lockdown, I'm not not the person who's going to sit and take stock. I'm going to um, do things till I'm stressed out, and then complain about what I've been doing, and then go, "Well, yeah. you would be stressed out if you weren't doing this, Vicky." Yeah, I completely um, feel that. Yeah. Like, lockdown ended, and I was like, I need a holiday. And everyone was like, you just had three months off. And I was like, no, I didn't. I had three months of doing very important things all day, every day. Yeah. And now I need a break from that. I can't go back to work. And that's why that? we're going to be friends forever time. now. Forever! <laughs> Genuinely, this is the first of many appearances that I will insist you make. What? What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been, so. like, yeah, a delight to just chat. Yay chat Thank movies with yeah man someone who like loves movies as much as I do <laughs> it's really lovely it's so much fun I can't wait to see what you come up with next uh, <laughs> I am still obsessed with the fact that you got married in a cinema it's literally the coolest thing I've ever heard I highly um, recommend yeah man <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm like maybe I should rethink that whole not getting married thing just to, can I marry like a pet like wait no that's like totally illegal isn't it well, you can't like, legally get married in a cinema anyway, so ah, it, it was a highly illegal wedding. <laughs> like a heist. Yeah. You were, like, snuck in the back. Yeah. And they were like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Super cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having uh, me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Why This Film. Bye! Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying Why This Film, why not head to iTunes and leave us a review? You can find us on Facebook at Why This Film Podcast, on Twitter at Why This Film Pod, and on Instagram at Why This Film Podcast. If you'd like to support the show, we are on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Why This Film Podcast. You can support us as a member from £3 a month, or just donate any amount you see fit towards the running of the podcast. There's so much that I'd love to do and so much further that I'd like to go. So your support really does mean everything to me. Thanks again and we'll see you next time. As a small business owner, you're always running. Running to a meeting, running errands, running out of time. Now, one thing you don't have to worry about is running payroll. Meet Roll by ADP, a first-of-its-kind chat-based payroll app that's powered by AI. Roll is the faster, easier, smarter payroll app. So don't overthink it and say hello to a whole new way to payroll. Download the Roll by ADP app today or go to getroll.com slash chat. That's G-E-T-R-O-L-L dot com slash C-H-A-T. Why This Film Podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. Head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast and you can select a tier. 
For £3 a month, you can join Camelot and enjoy early access to episodes, including seasons one to three. You'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout out on the pod. For £5 a month, you can join Fern Gully with instant access to everything from Camelot. Fern Gully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night. Grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Fern Gully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. And if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tiers, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. Or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash why this film podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We will be adding hot chocolate to that coffee and probably cream and marshmallows and sprinkles, but you don't need to worry about that. Thank you to all who donate and thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why this film podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long lost movies and I hope you do too.